Good evening and welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. It has been a couple of weeks since we've been on these airwaves and, uh, you know, summertime, you get busy, things happen, whatnot. So we're out for a couple of weeks. So it gave us a chance to do some things, uh, some extracurricular activities and recharge our batteries. And now we're back this week. So welcome back to everybody to this episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. I am Wayne. I am Steve, and welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. Uh, it has been a few weeks, my brother. It has. And a lot of things has been going on. Uh, I would like to say this before we get started. We'd like to uh, pass on our condolences to the um, Hampton family because we lost a, a close friend of ours this past uh, week or so, uh, Steve Hampton who was a few classes behind us, if I remember correctly. Yep, yep. And uh, we'd just like to say, you know, he's he's uh, in a better place right now. And you, I know that you were at the uh, funeral. I couldn't make it because I had another appointment that I had to deal with. And we'd just like to say, you know, uh, blessings to the family and condolences. Absolutely. Yep. I was I was in attendance. Uh, he had a very nice send off. Um, a lot of folks came out to pay their respect. So that's, uh, you know, that's what you like to see. But he was well loved in the community there in E-Town, played football for E-Town High, attended a lot of the football games, basketball games, uh, was was a fixture at a lot of those events, but well loved by people in the community. And it showed uh, in, the, in the number of people that came out to pay their respects at the end. So I concur with you, sir. Uh, blessings and condolences. Uh, to the family. He is in a definitely a lot better place uh, right now. So um, on top of that, we also want to uh, give our condolences and uh, pay our respects to another um, friend of ours. Uh, we Again, he was a few classes behind us as well. Uh, Robert Weathers, the Weathers family, uh, want to send our condolences out to them. And um, the Robert Turner was yesterday in E-Town. Uh, so want to remember uh, the Weathers family in this time of grief. So uh, you're I know you remember, Robert, we all you know, grew up together there. He was on my side of the tracks there up on the hill. Yep. Uh, so um, but real nice guy, man, uh, always hung out around the basketball courts with us. He shot a lot of hoops with us and whatnot. Played Speaking baseball of, and all baseball, that. Baseball, yeah. I think baseball. he and Steve were, were he and Steve in the same class. Uh, no, uh, Robert graduated with uh, my wife, Cynthia. He was in okay. her class. Okay. He was in her class. Steve was a year behind them, right? I think Steve was a year behind them. Yeah. Gotcha. So, gotcha. But, uh, you know, we all, you know, as we've talked on the podcast before, man, whether you're a class of 75, 76, 70, whatever, you knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody. <laughs> you knew yeah. everybody. So <laughs> you, you played together. You went to school together. You went to church together. You did a lot of stuff, man. Even though people were a couple of years behind you, you knew these folks. You knew their family. So. When you hear that someone passes that uh, that you knew from around the way, I think it touches you in a, in a way that uh, you know it it just it makes you think about uh, our mortality here, man, on this planet. So, yep, yep that's for sure. Yep. That's for sure. All right, my friend, what do we got going on tonight's podcast? This yeah, uh, so uh, the last uh, week in August. 
The last week in August. Absolutely. Uh, man, the time is flying. I, again, I don't know where time is going, man. Uh, but yes, last week uh, of August up on us. Uh, next weekend is Labor Day weekend. So technically, quote, the end of summer, so to speak. Uh, but if you're like us, you always get a few extra weeks of that Indian summer coming up where summer's <laughs> not over. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, for tonight, uh, we want to talk about what's going on in Afghanistan. Uh, we want to dwell on that a bit. Uh, I want to talk about an issue in the sports realm um, concerning the sprinter Sherry Carey Richardson and an issue that popped up. Uh, I saw it on one of the sports feeds uh, concerning some comments that were made um, about Allison Felix uh, from her. also want to talk about what's going on down south right now because Hurricane Ida is ravaging uh, the Gulf Coast right now. I think it's a Category 3 that's made yeah, land. It's going, right, it's going right through the Johnson family uh, plot, man. Yeah, yeah. So I want to dwell on that a little bit. And then uh, a couple other sports stories. Uh, the number of gold medals in boxing or the lack of gold medals in boxing. There was one uh, during this past Olympics. I want to talk about that. Uh, Tim Tebow got cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, this past week. So I want to talk mm. about that a little bit. And then we want to remember two folks from the world of entertainment, Ed Asner, uh, who was well known as uh, an actor, uh, Lou Grant on Mary Tyler Moore. I want to talk about that. And then Charlie Watts, the drummer's for the Rolling Stones. I want to dwell on that a little bit. So that's all we got on tap tonight, my brother. And uh, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, I think the biggest story this week was what's going on in Af- and what's going on in Afghanistan. Thirteen uh, U.S. service members killed uh, due to a terrorist attack. Um, Hundred plus Afghan um, citizens killed. Uh, it's a bad situation in Afghanistan. Uh, there are different views on it. Some people say that the U.S. should just like, you know what, let's let's get our people out of there, get as many folks out of there who have aided the U.S. during the 20 years we were there. But at some point, these folks have to take care of their own country. On the flip side of that is the fact that the U.S. has always been a humanitarian country. We've always looked out for the little guy. And, um, you know, a lot of money has been spent there. Uh, whether or not that money spent, time spent, training, weapons, all this stuff that was given to the Afghan um, you know, citizens, the Afghan military, whatnot, did it really pay off? And are we in a better spot now than we were uh, 20 years ago? And people are drawing comparisons with this evacuation to what happened some 40 years ago when the U.S. left Saigon. So uh, I've got my view on it. Uh, I'll elaborate on that, but I'll, I'll let you start, man. What What is your take on Afghanistan, and, and how do you feel about it? My feelings is kind of what you mentioned in the beginning, the fact that we've been there for 20 years. Afghanistan is something or a place in which the United States went there in order to go after uh, terrorists that brought down the World Trade Centers in uh, 2001, 9-11. We drove them out. Uh, Afghanistan, if you know the history of division and civil war in places that aren't of the United States, 
it was already written what was going to happen. In 1979, the Soviets invaded Afghanistan and they were there for a few years and left. There is no government. It is a it is a a country of tribal nature. You know, Big Papa over here owns this area or Big Mama over there has this and and so on. There is no literally little or no governmental control for Afghanistan. There's no natural resources there that anybody can use. It's a rock. Yeah. There's you, you cannot you can't even grow crops, hardly any crops there. Okay. So my feelings is that we went there, we drove out Al Qaeda, we went after and we got the people that uh, were responsible for that. We got bin Laden and it is a quagmire. And uh, President uh, Biden has made his stand that he is not going to pass this on to any other presidents. We, this is four presidents that's been involved in that situation, and there has been no winners. Yes, you know, almost 3,000 American lives were lost. I understand that. I feel sympathy towards those those people that lost their, their lives. But they're, I'm kind of like, there's got to be time that we turn this back over to them. What happened in Saigon, in South Vietnam, in South Vietnam, is the same thing that happened in Afghanistan. You know, when when President Nixon ran for president in 1968, he says, "I've got a secret secret plan that's going to get us out of this war, peace with honor," and that plan was called Vietnamization, which mm-hmm. basically means we're going to turn the fighting over to the South Vietnamese army. We'll be there to help support them, but eventually we're going to have to leave. It's up to the South Vietnamese army to take care of their own issues. Well, when the Americans left, guess what the South Vietnamese army did? They quit. They didn't want to fight. Well, think of Afghanistan. We should have we should have known this. We should have learned the lessons of Vietnam is that when the Americans aren't there, those people don't want to fight. Absolutely. As long as we were there and we had their back, they would fight. As soon as we left, what did they do? We're not fighting them. We're turning this stuff over. We've yep. got we're, we're going to die. They, you know, they're, they're, the American bombs aren't going to come in and so on. So they were just pretending they they got all of our Humvees and military equipment and so on. We gave their government plenty of money and so on. Their government wasn't going to last. And so when President Biden said, hey, we're out by September the 11th, then the Taliban went, OK, we're, we're going in. And when they start going through, they didn't have to fire any weapons. Nope. They just and, and the the Afghan army, they just capitulated. They just quit. They just gave up. So. Is it surprising? Were we shocked? We shouldn't be. You know, there's always somebody that's going to say something negative about the opposition party or whatnot. But that that has that's what's going to happen with this this country. 
They have to fight their own. You know, with Vietnam, we were in Vietnam since 1941. We didn't actually start fighting there until 1965. Hell, we were responsible for saving Ho Chi Minh's life. <laughs> yep. You know, there there's a, a doctor from Indianapolis that they parachuted in the jungles of Vietnam, went there and saved Ho Chi Minh's life because he had a staph infection. And what did he want? He wanted Vietnamese freedom. Well, we left. Well, if you look at the situation now, the relationship between us and Vietnam, we're back in there. Yep. You know, so what goes on in Afghanistan, they're going to have to make that decision. I know humanitarian wise, you know, they're supposed to, you know, do all these bad things to women and put them back and so on. But that's their culture. That's their government. That's their uh, legislature. That's what they have to deal with. You know, who are we to complain about that? When we have issues that goes on within our own country as well. Well, one other thing, we spend a billion dollars a month in Afghanistan, a billion dollars a month for 20 years. Think about the money that we're not going to be spending over there by getting the hell out. Right. You know, I, I feel bad for those people that are left, and I hope we get everybody out there. But eventually what's going to happen, my brother Wayne, is that they're going to turn it over, and eventually we're going to be back over there. We're going to have diplomats over there and so on, and it's it's up to them to fight that. To fight that. That's that's my thoughts on it. How about you? I, I concur, man. You, 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 the, the humanitarian aspect, you feel that um, because your humanity, you feel for other people. And um, you know that probably some bad stuff is going to happen once the U.S. is totally out of there. And the objective is to try to get as many Afghan citizens out that have that have aided U.S. forces, been interpreters, whatever, uh, while the U.S. was there. You hopefully all those people get out as well. But like you said, man, the U.S. should have seen this coming, man, that uh, – these guys that have been trained, they got the best equipment, whatnot. As soon as the U.S. turned their backs up, we're out. These guys pretty much dropped their weapons and just welcomed the Taliban back into these neighborhoods. And and it's unfortunate, man. If you if you don't want to defend your own country, then I'm I'm not sure what what you want the U.S. to do, man. Right. Because I I don't think we know that would not happen here in this country. If somebody was going to try to invade Indiana or Kentucky or whatever, folks aren't going to lay down and say, yeah, come on in. <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Not gonna First happen. of all, there's too many damn guns in this country. So right. somebody's going right. to fight. <laughs> too many guns. But like you said, there's no government there, man. It's it's a it's a free for all. So uh, you feel bad. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of money has been kicked into Afghanistan over 20 years. Can you imagine what that money could have done, what it what it could have been used for in this country as far as, you know, building up infrastructure and helping the homeless crisis in this country and all this other stuff, the ills that we have in this country? That money could have gone a long way toward that in this country. So. You're not kicking in that money anymore. Hopefully, um, you know, a lot of that revenue now can be utilized to improve situations here in this country. But, yes, it's bad. You feel bad. 
But, uh, you know, this is you got to rise up and take care of your own. That's that's the way I feel about it, man. So whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, The Taliban is there. Uh, They're going to impose their rules on people. Good, bad or indifferent. They are the, quote, de facto government, so to speak. Hell, the president left the country. I mean, the president is in the UAE kicking back, relaxing. He left with uh, a million some dollars or whatever, a couple of billion, whatever it was. He's in the UAE chilling on that with that money. I mean, you didn't even want to stay and and, and try to help your people, man. So that it says a lot about um, the attitude of uh, of the people there, man. You know, um, the U.S. can't prop you up forever. So it's unfortunate. Uh, it's definitely unfortunate that 13 U.S. service members got killed. Those folks were planning on being back home. And then this coward, you know, detonates a, a suicide vest. And kills innocent people, man. So you feel for those families. Uh, I watched the the dignified transfer a bit on TV today, uh, where they were arriving at Dover. So very somber situation. Mm. But it was a cowardly act, man. And um, the good thing the U.S. did strike back. I, I hope they find all these guys and wipe them out, man. Wipe them off the face of the earth. So it is what it is. Uh, hopefully the U.S. does not go back in there. I hope they do not. No ambassadors, no nothing. These folks have to learn how to police their own. So um, that, that's my view on it. And uh, I think we're on the same page, so to speak. But it's time, I think, this is it's time for this to be over, man. 20 years and, uh, you know, come on. It's time for you to rise up and, and, and be, uh, be the person to take care of your own country. And uh, we see that. In a lot of aspects, that's not happening. So I'm not sure what they want the U.S. to do. We cannot stay over there forever. So we cannot do that. So we'll watch it, see what's happening. The deadline is uh, Tuesday, August the 31st. Um, uh, The Biden administration is saying they're still on track to finish up that evacuations, all the evacuations by the 31st. We'll see if that's going to happen. Uh, the Taliban has said, uh, if you're not out of here by the 31st, that's a red line and there will be consequences. And it's like, OK, um, we'll see. But right now, everything is on schedule to be done. 31st, the last plane will take off and uh, that will close that chapter, man. Yeah. Well, Afghanistan will close that chapter that was started 20 years ago. So. Yep. And you did say chapter. You didn't say book. Right. Chapter. <laughs> chapter. Yeah, it is that I, I imagine that last plane that that takes off is going to be pretty chaotic. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's like the helicopter that was on the American yep. embassy in Saigon. Yep. There's going to be people trying to get on that damn thing. You know, it's yeah. just it's going to be sad. But, yep. you know, uh, the only reason I say that diplomats could be should I think diplomats should go back there and stay is that they can help get some of those people if there are Americans that were left behind, help get them out. Yeah, it yeah. won't be easy. You know, some people are going to have to make some long treks to get out of that country right. and find yeah. a way out. So, yeah, but yeah, that chapter is going to be closed as of Tuesday. Yeah. And I, I think it was revealed um, one day last week. I heard a report that the previous administration, the reason why a lot of these folks who supposedly were um, have visas, could be able to get out of the country or, or get visas to get out of the country. That process was hamstrung by the previous administration. Hmm. So now 
these folks, because the process was so jacked up by the previous administration, these folks are having a tough time tough time getting those visas to get out of the country because yeah. the previous administration jacked it up. Is it uh, maybe because they were Muslim? Hmm. That's that's a lot of what came out that this, oh. this was part of. You don't want these people in your country. Yeah. You know, oh, and it's, it's like, really? I mean, uh, it's uh, we, we're not going to go down that path. We're not, yeah, we're we, not going to jump down that rabbit hole. No, we're not going to go to that rabbit hole. But that's what I heard last week, that the previous administration jacked up the process for visas because they didn't want uh, certain types of people coming into the U.S. And that's that's just pathetic, man. But it's par for the course, you know, yeah. par for the course. You mentioned uh, South Vietnam. And if you read a lot of uh, overseas travel types, uh, uh, articles or whatnot, one of the top places for expats now to go live is yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, uh, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, Laos, all those places, man, are top destinations for expats. So that, that is, to me, is amazing. The relationship or the way Vietnam has developed itself and, and gotten back on its feet. It says a lot that it's one of the top destinations for expats. It, it says a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they only fought for the independence for 3,000 years. Wow. 3,000. Wow. You know, and, and uh, this is another topic. I used to teach history, and I said, you know what? I used to tell my kids, the war in Vietnam started at the end of World War One. The war in Vietnam started at the end of World War One. The Treaty of Paris, 1919, started that war. Yeah. Because Ho Chi Minh was there, and all he wanted was independence. Yeah. And they ignored him. They turned his country over to the French. Okay. Yeah. World War Two started right there. The whole lots of wars of the last century started at the Paris Agreements, uh, the Treaty of Paris in 1919. Yeah, yeah. But that's another history lesson. Let's move on to our next. Let's our move next on. Absolutely. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, let's, let, let's talk about a couple of sports stories uh, uh, this week. And uh, one of the stories that popped out last week was Tim Tebow. His Tebow. career has been curtailed. <laughs> He got cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, yep. He was uh, trying to be a tight end uh, for the Jaguars. And I think when when this story first broke um, a few months ago, when he got the opportunity to try out for the team or he was given a spot on the team, uh, we had some views on that on this particular podcast. And personally, me, I have nothing against Tebow, but I'm glad he got cut. And <laughs> uh, my, my view is like, come on, man, um, you got that opportunity because of who you knew and people can say what they want. Urban Meyer said, well, you know, I have, you're a liar. You gave this dude an opportunity that a lot of other people did not get or wouldn't get. Yep. So to me, turnabout is fair play, man. You got cut. The, to me, uh, that's great. Go pursue something else that, you know, 
that you're good at, whatnot. You are you're a sideline reporter. You do college football reporting, whatnot. Do that. But you were given an opportunity that a lot of other people were not afforded or probably would not get yeah. because they don't have those connections. So am I sorry he got cut? No. <laughs> so I'll throw it over to you. Hey, I don't I, I'm not sorry that he got cut. I knew he's going to get cut. OK. You know? And as, as, as you said, the only reason he got the opportunity is because he's next door neighbor to Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer coached him down in Florida. Yeah. And the fact that he's going to never, ever, ever, ever play tight end position, suddenly going to become a tight end. Right, right. How the hell is that going to work? <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's like me suddenly saying that I'm going to be able to do the moguls in the Winter Olympics, and I've right. never put on skis before. Right, right. I mean, I'm sure I could snap those skis on. I'm sure I could go down the hill, but I ain't going to make it to the bottom of the hill. Ain't no right. damn way. Right. Okay? Right. So him being a quarterback, a so-so quarterback, and then suddenly he leaves football, goes to baseball, and says, I'm going to make it to the major leagues. Not, oh, I'm going to come back, but I'm going to be a tight end. Well, no, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't work that way. And two things. Number one, you've never played the position. Number two, there are a whole lot of people that's played tight ends ever since they were in middle school, high school. College, they didn't even get drafted. They know more about tight end than this guy who's never played tight end before. They didn't get an opportunity. The only reason they got an opportunity because the next door neighbor is close to the head football coach. And so I was watching, you know, I watched Undisputed. Yes, yes. And they showed a couple of times that Tebow tried to block somebody. It was pathetic. <laughs> you know, Shannon Sharp was a tight end. He goes, right, absolutely, yeah. There's no way that, no. And, you know, Skip is always going to do what's opposite of what Shannon says, right? right, right he right. goes, I saw him. He he got in the way. He, the guy didn't make the tackle. I'm like, he got in the way. He didn't block. He, he fell down. <laughs> he didn't knock the guy down. He <laughs> fell down. Oh my gosh. And then they try to yeah. throw him a pass and he's his all thumbs. Yeah. So, you know, he he was uh he was a he was out of out of his league. Yeah. It was he should, yeah, he should have been cut. And now he can go on and be a college college uh yeah. announcer or yeah. something like that. But yeah. you know, and, and a lot yeah. of people think that well Tebow he's only cut because of his religious views. Well, yeah. You know what's going to happen? He said he's going to turn that. Well, I'll just go into politics. I'll run. I'll run down in Florida. You know, all those Republicans down there, they'll vote for me, and they probably will. Yeah, because like, he's uh, Tim yeah, Tebow. Yeah, and 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 I think most of the folks who were like, you know, hey, this isn't fair. It wasn't anything against Tebow personally. They just felt like, why is this dude getting this opportunity? I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, that's what people were pissed off about. It was nothing against Tebow personally. I yeah. personally thought I think Tebow's a cool guy. Has nothing to do with his religious belief. He stands up for his convictions. I yep. applaud that. Yep. He's a great college football analyst. He knows the game. Okay. But you got an opportunity that a lot of other people who have grinded for a long time trying to make it in the NFL as a 
tight end. They play, like you said, they played it since they were knee high to a grasshopper and they know the position in and out. They didn't get a shot. So that's what people were pissed about. It, it was nothing against Tebow personally, but yeah. you know what? Fair. What did they say? Turnabout is fair play, man. So, so now other, you're. The oh, other wait. thing, Wayne, is that that locker room that he's going to be in, they're going to be people like, man, can you believe this? I've worked my ass right. off to get here. Right. And the right. only reason he's here is right. that because he's a friend to the coach. Right. That's not going to be a good locker room, right. man. You and, know, and those, you, those players are going to resent the fact that right. he's in that damn locker room. Right. And you would think Urban Meyer is supposed to be this great coach. You would think he would know that, you know, that my locker room is probably going to be there's going to be a little little uh, folks pissed off in the locker room because of what I've done. He didn't even put two and two together to figure that out. Oh, and man. it's like I the rumor is there are a lot of guys on the Jaguars right now who are a little miffed at the coach because of. His college ways. He's trying to interject college ways into the NFL. You and I both know it doesn't work. These guys, <laughs> grown man, ass men. Yeah, they, these are grown ass men. I <laughs> can't make them do this or that. I mean, they make more than you do. You know, there should be a level of respect, player, coach. But if you're trying to interject stuff that you could, you had power over young men in college. You ain't got no power now. No. And a lot of guys are like, man, we ain't putting up with this crap. You know, so there there's some rumors that there's some grumblings amongst the Jaguars that uh, they don't like his college ways, so to speak. So it's going to be interesting, man, to see uh, see how Jacksonville does. They've named Trevor Lawrence their starter. I saw that last week, which we sort of knew that was going to happen anyway. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So that, that was no mystery there. As a segue to this, man, I, I'm sort of pissed off at all these guys, man. They're like we already sort of know who your starting quarterback is. What are you so afraid to say that for? I watch these sports shows. It's like, well, you know, we're still thinking about it. whatnot. It's like, come on, man. You already know who your starter is going to be. Just say it. I, it irritates me to know when. And I'm not a big football person, but this is one thing that irritates the hell out of me. I mean, when these guys, they, they drag it on and on, you know, that they won't name who their starting quarterback is going to be. I was surprised that the Denver Broncos named Teddy Bridgewater starting quarterback. I was surprised as hell because I did not believe Denver would uh, have a, have a black quarterback running that, running that team. I was very surprised. Mm. Very surprised. <laughs> yep. Very yep. surprised. Yep. Yep. I know, man, it's, it's, it's a different world out there. Everybody wants, wants not to show their cards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and everybody yeah. does not want to come under criticism. So, you know, if you don't, if you say that this person is the starting quarterback, well, someone's always going to question, well, why didn't you choose that quarterback? That quarterback, you know, had uh, 23 completions out of 25 passes that night. Your yeah. quarterback had was he was two for eight. Uh, why didn't you play him? Who has better control of the of the offense? That quarterback yeah. or that that quarterback? This quarterback yeah. has more expense than this this rookie that you're bringing in. Why are you not going to play him? So that's a way of just avoiding tough questions. Yeah. So they yeah. and then once they make the decision at the end of the season, then they'll they'll take it and run from there instead of just taking it from the very beginning and going with who you're going to go with. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, again, Mr. Tebow 
is 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 out of the NFL and hope we wish him well in his next venture, whatever that may be. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, it was it was fair play in my view that uh, that he got cut. So. Our next sports story uh, comes from the world of track and field. Track and field. Track and field. And um, a lot of folks were getting dragged on the Internet. Um, and then we'll, this, this, the issue of what happened on the Internet is part of this, this next topic. And that <laughs> concerned uh, U.S. sprinter Sherry Carey or Sherry Richardson. Sherry. Sherry Richardson. Yep. Um, supposedly she dissed Allison Felix, uh, in a tweet, um, because Allison Felix, I think was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. I think she was on one of those, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. And they asked her, you know, about, uh, Sha'Carri Richardson and Allison Felix has always been a class act, always been a class act. And Allison Felix said, you know, hey, people need to support Sha'Carri. It was tough what she went through. You know, I wish her nothing but the best. Very classy. Yep. What Sha'Carri did was like, man, her words don't mean nothing. You know, I mean, it's it's like, what? So people came hard for her. They came that doobie hard. when she was saying that now. She was what now? Smoking on that doobie when she yeah. when she tweeted it out, probably. People <laughs> came hard for her, man, because Allison Felix has always been a class act. And all she was doing was say, hey, you know, give her some support. Show her right. some love, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you turn around and do this to me. It's like, man, you're straight up ghetto if that's what you're going to do. There you say go, about brother. Allison. Straight up ghetto, ghetto. man. Ghetto, that's it. Ghetto. There you go. So people were coming for, I think, Roland Martin. Roland Martin started this off. Roland Martin made a comment that like, oh, Carrie Richardson was talking all that crap about what she was going to do when she when she uh, raced against these Jamaican women who pretty much won everything in the Olympics. She came in last. Nice. And Roland Martin went off on it like, oh, you were talking all that crap and got your ass whooped. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and people were coming for Roland Martin like, how dare he? But you know what? That's how if you're going to talk crap, you got to back it up, man. Yep. That's how it always was on the court, whatever. If you're going to talk trash, you got to be able to back it up. And in this case, you came in dead last. You yeah. probably should have kept your mouth shut and just ran the race, man. Ran the ran race. The, ran well, the, you know, me being the track coach, yeah. there's no way she was going to win. No, no. way. No. I've, I've seen how she's raced. Her, yeah. starts, her starts are terrible. That's what and, someone said. And and when she the in the Olympic trials, she came from behind the win. But when you racing against uh, Price and those uh, uh, women from Jamaica, their yeah. starts are like a, a bullet being shot out. They yeah. ain't, you ain't gonna catch them. Nope. And so they got so far ahead that she just basically just quit. She quit. Yep. She quit. Yep. You know, because she would. I I had a I had a track athlete that was just like that. I'm not going to mention his name, but he was fast. I mean, this kid was fast, and he would always come out of the blocks like right now, boom, always out ahead. When somebody got close to him, he saw out of his peripheral vision somebody got close to him. He would pull up with a hamstring. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he did that about twice, and I went, okay, yo, man. That's got to stop. This is over. You have to finish the races. Okay. When you get out and somebody comes up behind you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to work your ass off to beat them. 
Okay, just because you got out of hand, that means that you need to train a little bit harder. You need to work on your speed endurance, and we'll get you there. And it took me probably two years to get that out of him. And there's a there's a guy in our in our sister school. We got two schools in our township who always beat him, always beat him. He would get out in front, and this guy would would nip him at the bud. And so we got down his senior year. He made it to the state track meet, and he ended up, my guy ended up third in the state track meet. The guy that beat him every year from our sister score, he beat him. So it took two years for him to get past that. You know, so he finished third in the 100, and he finished second in the long jump. Okay? So, but that's Shakira Richardson, you know. She doesn't get out fast enough, so she can't. She doesn't have that speed that those other girls. That she'll never beat them unless she gets a new trainer. Right, right. So, and, and I know I kind of took over your spot. No, here, no, it's all good, man. It's but all good. Uh, when when someone's trying to pay you a compliment and try not to hurt your feelings, you should go with that. Right. You know, you shouldn't be. You know, making weird comments like well i don't need her she's a once was she's a has been well guess what she has been on the podium 11 freaking times <laughs> that's the right most decorated track athlete in american history yep she yep. has been that person she she was that she was that person yep. so you know learn from your elders yeah just saying yeah, yeah. no you're absolutely right man Allison Felix class act always has been and probably always will be. Um, and she was like, you say, just hey, just plan, paying her coming, show her some love, give her some support. And again, man, to me, it's straight up ghetto, it's straight up ghetto, man, that that you don't have the, the, the wherewithal to accept the compliment from a fellow athlete. But sure. And say, hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate you for for saying those kind words. Yep. No, nah, you got to do some ghetto mess and, and disrespect this girl. And uh, that's all it is. That's my view. Straight up ghetto, man. Yeah, it's so ma- immaturity. It immature. Immaturity. Yep. Yep. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, last sports story I want to throw in, and I'll let you kick this off because we're talking about this off air before the show started, and that was the lack of gold medals and boxing during this year's Olympics. And you had a perspective on that, which I did not, I was not aware of. Uh, but you had an interesting perspective on that, that the lack of gold medals won during this year's uh, Olympics in boxing. I, I thought you mentioned that they didn't win any gold medals. They got one medal. They got four uh, medals. And it was a silver, or was it a silver? They got four medals. They got four one medals. silver and three bronze. Right. So I'll, I'll let you kick that off about, you know, what's going on with, with boxing, which boxing was something the U.S. used to do quite well in. Oh, absolutely. Lives, yes, know? sir. Yeah, uh, I, I noticed this story when I was just happened to be looking through something and they were showing the American uh, medal winners. And I noticed there's only one silver medal. I'm like, that is odd. When was the last time that America didn't win any gold medals in boxing. So being the history teacher that I am, I go back and I think, 
you know, back to 1960 and Muhammad Ali and in 64, you know, in 60, uh, uh, 68, 72, 76. Okay. Uh, 80, there wasn't any Olympics, but right, 84. Right. So all of these American boxers, you had Ali, you had the Sphinxes, you had Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray, uh, Leonard, you had uh, Hector Camacho. He had all these great American boxers that dominated world boxing. Okay. But, but the majority of them, uh, George Foreman, the majority of them were gold medal winners. Yeah. Well, in the past two decades, the number of Americans winning gold medals have declined tremendously, dramatically. And my feeling is that the reason there's there's several reasons and, and these are these are my thoughts number one uh football and basketball has literally taken over american sports okay football basketball baseball of course soccer you know soccer is great but it's soccer right. just saying the number of people that are boxing now, there aren't very many boxing camps. There aren't very many. I know they have gold and gloves, but the numbers I would bet are way down. Okay. So my thinking is number one, that the United States has changed to where we are a country where we are getting some positive uh, job opportunities now. There aren't as many people that are uh, wanting to learn a craft because they had to, okay? This is my way of feeding my families. The inner cities were a lot of places where these boxers came from, okay? So, you know, because some people are doing well, they don't have to worry about boxing as much. That's just my own idea. The other thing is that you don't have a lot of boxing that's on. Think about this. I have never paid a single dime for a pay-per-view fight, ever. I refuse to. When we were growing up, Turn on ABC and you saw all the best yeah. boxing matches that you could ever see. And it was all on TV. Yeah. Now, how often do you see people boxing on TV unless you have to pay $50, right. $90 to see a boxing match? Right. Poor people. Remember, the people that are fighting their way through this in the 60s and 70s, they were poor people, a lot of them. Absolutely. So yeah. poor people can't afford to pay for a pay-per-view, so they don't see that boxing like they used to. Right. Okay? And the other, the other factor is the fact that um, Americans just don't fight anymore. You know, when 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 we were growing up, hey man, I didn't like what you said. Let's go out here. Come on, right. let's meet. Right. Let's meet you over. Let's meet <laughs> you over at the Methodist Methodist Church after school. Okay, we'll we're gonna go over by the uh, swing set. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna box right there. We're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass right there. Come meet me over there. 
And yeah. so we used to box all the time. We used to fight all the time. Today, yeah. nobody fights. You have a beef with someone. You have an argument with someone. First thing they want to do is go get a gun and, and shoot somebody because mm-hmm. they don't, they're cowards. They, right. they don't know how to fight. I mean, I, I used to fight a lot. <laughs> I mean, I used to fight a lot. I mean, I mean, I admit it. I wasn't the best human being all the time. I, I, I kind of mess, mess with people sometimes. I kind of mess people up sometimes. But right. that was just fighting. After the fight, guess what? We went back on the court and played more basketball. I'd have a, right. I'd have a, 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 a bruise on my cheek. He have a bloody nose, and then we're, it's over with. Right, right. But we fought all the time. Kids today, they don't do that. They just, that's those are my thoughts on it. You no, know, and no. the number of Americans, I mean, think about the European. Look who the, who are the heavyweights now that right. are that are winning. All right. The, the people from the poorest countries, they right. are the ones that are your world champions. They Russians. are the ones just winning all the gold medals and so yeah. on. Russians, yeah. Polish, yeah, yes. yeah. It's a lot of those countries, yeah. And black folks, I mean, you know, we, you know, American boxers do just not boxing anymore. Nope, nope. You know, those those yeah, are my thoughts. No, that's a different era, man. You, I remember the days. I mean, you occasionally, like I think back in the day, man, you'd have stuff on closed circuit. You know, you'd have stuff on closed circuit. But even still, if you didn't see the closed circuit fight, Wide World of Sports would show it the next Saturday. Yeah, yeah, so you exactly. Got to see it on ABC Wide World of Sports, and uh, it was like, okay, you you knew who the boxers were, the Ali's and the Foremans, the Frasers. The Jimmy Ellis is all these people. You knew these guys because you saw them on TV all the time. Yeah. And and people were actually boxing. You know, people were training, you know, to box. And it's it's different now. You're absolutely right, man. The I I have no idea who the heavyweight champion of the world is. I have no idea. I have no idea who the heavyweight boxing champion of the world is. It's 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 not. That's not a black person. It's somebody <laughs> from some European country. Uh, but now MMA is that's what people are into now. Yeah. You know, MMA is 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 the thing. So, uh, yeah, it's boxing is not what it was. My wife and I talk about it all the time. Man. It's like, who the hell are the boxers now? I, <laughs> and then you got people coming out of retirement. They're like, what are you coming out of retirement to box for? <laughs> Manny Pacquiao is getting ready to fight somebody. Again. Again. I heard, um, what's my man's name? The Golden Boy. Golden Boy. He's a promoter. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Golden Boy Promotions. He's coming out to fight somebody. Uh, what is his name? Uh, I can't think of it. He's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. Yeah, he's coming out of retirement. Yeah. Camacho? Fight. No, it's not Hector Camacho. It's the okay. other guy. Uh, Hector the Macho Camacho. It's not him. He's okay. Golden Boy Promotions. He's a promoter. He's promoted a lot of fights, but he used to be a boxer. He was a champion in his class. Hmm. He's coming out of retirement to fight some guy. Oh, what is his name? I saw it on the news the other day. And I'm like, okay, we got all these guys like, okay, come on, man. It's like the, the, Oscar, the Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> He's coming, <laughs> out, he's coming out to fight some guy. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, why? And you got Manny Pacquiao, 40 some years old. He's going to fight some guy. And it's like, come on, man. It, it's 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 
boxing is just it's a mess now. Everybody <laughs> wants mess. to be Rocky. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess now. And you got these internet boxers who 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 like, okay, I want to fight whomever. These guys who are internet boxers, they call them. Uh the guy who knocked Nate Robinson out cold here where we were a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of these internet. I mean, it's like boxing is not is far cry from what it used to be. Far <laughs> cry. Yep. And so what you saw in the Olympics is a uh, is a result, the fact that people especially black folks, if they're boxing, they may be in the lower classes, you know, but I don't know who those people are. Mm -hmm. I don't know who those people are. Even, even the, if you didn't know the heavyweights, you knew a lot of the other guys, you knew the Pernell Whitakers and you knew the, uh, um, who are some of the other guys that were in some of the lower class Pernell Whitaker and, uh, Mayweather and all these guys, you knew a lot of those names, but a lot of those guys, they, you know, they're they're past their prime or they're, you know, they've moved on. Yeah. So I have no idea who the big time boxers are, especially in the heavyweight. That was it. But I, you couldn't, I, you couldn't pay me to tell you the heavyweight champion of the world is right now. <laughs> I don't know either, man. I have no idea. But it's probably somebody from the Ukraine or somewhere like that, man. <laughs> like you say, it's the poorest people who end up getting in, into boxing a lot of times. Yep. You know, it's it's a it's a cheap sport for the most part. Uh, a lot of boys and girls clubs, a lot of the wise. I don't know if the wise have, but I know the boys and girls clubs that uh, they used to have boxing. You know, to teach people how to box and whatnot. So, but MMA is taking over now. The UFC and all that. That's that's our fighting now. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a thing. So, uh. I think that was our our three sports stories we had on on the mix tonight, or four, however many we covered. We had four sports stories to chat about, yep. and uh, we're going to segue now to uh, to a weather phenomenon that's going on. And I feel for the people down in Louisiana, uh, they're having to deal with another hurricane. Hurricane Ida made landfall earlier today. Category it started out as a category four. I think the last news report I saw was a category three. Yep. Uh, made landfall, but I'll tell you, man, you could not pay me to live on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. Yeah. I could not do it. And there are people like they've been through Katrina. They've been through a lot of these storms and they're like, we're still here. We're going to rebuild. And I'm like, I would have been gone. I would have been. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, some folks don't have that opportunity. I mean, you know, if, if we go back six, was it 16 years to 16. the day? 16 years to the day, yes. To the day that Katrina hit, a lot of people in New Orleans couldn't get out. Because, you know, in in most of your inner cities, in most of your inner cities, uh, people rely upon public transportation in order to get around. So they didn't have a way. Ida has weakened somewhat with winds of 100. They didn't have a way of getting around there, man. Right. You know? And so they they were kind of stuck. They couldn't yeah. go. They had to hunker down. They had to, you know, uh, um, go to the Superdome and, and places like that simply because they they couldn't get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that that uh, that's a positive about hurricanes, you got plenty of time to get the hell out of its way. Right. If right. you choose to get out of its way. If you choose to. Right. Right. If yeah. you choose to. Some people just, 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 uh-huh. hey, I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to ride you know, it out. 
where where Ida is going through, you know, my my dad is from Louisiana and he's from Homa, Louisiana. Okay. And the eye of home, the eye of Ida right now is over Homa, Louisiana, as we sit there, oh, as wow. we sit here right now. Right, right. Wow. And so I hope you know my my cousins. I got dozens of cousins down there. Uh, I hope that they're able to to get out of its way. Uh, a lot of times, what they do is that they end up going to visit my relatives in Houston. Okay. Okay. You know, or they'll go up to Shreveport. I have relatives all over Louisiana. And so if they get out there, then they'll stay. The last one, when Katrina came through, my uncle Lloyd was the only one that stayed behind and he stayed in the house and he said, uh, it was pretty bad, but they only lost just a few shingles in the, in the house. Wow. And he was, he was, uh, probably in his early to mid seventies at the time, you know. So, yeah, uh, this this next hurricane. I mean, it's hurricane season. It and is. as you remember, when we went on a cruise, when we started thinking about this <laughs> podcast thing, uh, hurricane went through Florida just before we got there. Absolutely, I forgot which one it was. I, I don't oh, remember. <laughs> it, it did a lot of damage in the Bahamas, yep. which is one of the places we were supposed to go. We couldn't go there because of all the damage it did in the Bahamas. I forgot which hurricane that was, but it was yeah, yes. It was because right I went, we went, we were on this, we were on a four day cruise, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, was it a four day? It was four. Four. Okay. Yeah. I think it was yeah. four. Yeah. We did not get the benefit of places we were going to go because of that hurricane. Yeah, NASA was out. The Bahamas, yeah, it just right. tore up the Bahamas. So. Right. so we ended up going to Cozumel instead. Cozumel and Key West yeah. was good. Key West was good. I, I had to give props. They they detoured us to Key West. Otherwise, I would have never got that good key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people about that frozen key lime pie. <laughs> man, that was good key lime pie, man. That was the joint. And 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 as we went there, we also don't forget about the Johnson's uh, grocery store that That's we went right, to. The grocery store. And you guys got that conch salad. Got that conch? Yeah, that was some good salad, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good, lot of good stuff came out of that detour. We didn't, we didn't get to go where we were supposed to because of a hurricane, but we got to do some other cool things. So yeah, yeah. So but, it's all good. Uh, yeah, uh, Ida's going through there right now, and yeah. uh, probably later on this next week, we should get some of that in southern Indiana okay. as it works its okay. way this way. But yeah, yeah uh, pray that you know everything is okay with my family down there. If, if you guys ever listen to my podcast, I'm uh, praying for you. Uh, hope everything goes well. Hope your nothing gets damaged or anything. And that goes for everybody. Everybody in Louisiana, yeah. of course. Yeah. You know, it's it's at or below sea level. So right, right, right. Yeah. I hope talking. the people of New Orleans, because New Orleans is on the west, the eastern side of the hurricane, which gets a lot of the rain and lots of the uh, yeah. uh, damaging wind. So we hope yeah. that you know they don't have a, another Katrina uh, because of that. So yeah. yeah they were talking about the storm surge, uh, how high the storm surge is going to be. And hopefully the levees were going to, uh, you know, help protect a lot of that water that, you know, usually that storm surge, which Katrina was a lot of flooding and everything. So 
the levees got repaired from that. So hopefully um, it's going to be a long night down on the Gulf Coast. Uh, so, yeah, we want to keep everyone um, in our thoughts and hopefully that uh, there are no serious uh, damage to any property, loss of life, et cetera. So it's it's tough time. It is hurricane season. We've got, what, about three months to go, two or three months to left. Yeah, November. November. Yep. So still a long ways to go. So. But, yeah, so our thoughts are with the folks down the Gulf Coast uh, tonight, and uh, I guess we'll keep watching the news throughout the evening to see what's going on. But right before we came on the air, I saw it had been downgraded to a Category 3. So, yeah, that's only 120 miles per hour. Yeah, only 120 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you mean 120 miles per hour for seven hours? Uh, yeah. I think some shit's going to get broken. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I, I remember, man, uh, we were living up in Boston at the time, and we got the remnants of a hurricane that came up the East Coast. And I'm like, man, I mean, the wind was blowing so hard. We, we got remnants of the wind, and we got the serious rain. And it was blowing trees down and whatnot. I mean, that's that was like scary as hell. <laughs> you know, and they, they were around and tell everybody, stay in your homes, stay in your homes. So we got the remnants of of what came up the East Coast. But usually when a hurricane gets all up to Boston, it's pretty powerful. Yep. And we got the remnants of that. The torrential rain, the winds, like it was uprooting trees and whatnot. It was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yep, I was in the Coast Guard. Guess what the Coast Guard does when hurricanes come through? You're out there, huh? You go out in the middle of it. Wow. Got to go out, save lives. Wow. You I know? bet that's scary. It is scary. I we were I was in one in the 70s, man. Yeah. I was out there for four days, and we had to go and tow a, 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 a tugboat that was yeah. towing two Navy destroyers that were going to be cut up. Yeah. And the tugboat was dead in the water, and we had to go out in our ship and wow. tow all three of them back. And it took us four days to go about 10 miles. Wow. <laughs> Talk yeah. about wind and waves, brother. Ooh, waves, that would be you the know, scary part. You know, on the ship that we were on when we went on a cruise, yeah. and in and, and Maryland started, you guys felt the boat move just a little bit? Yeah. On the, sh- on the Coast Guard ship that I was on, the boat yeah. never sat still. Wow. I mean, you could stand on the side of it and go, and it would move. Wow. Yeah. I'd yeah. probably be puking all night. I puked a lot. <laughs> it it took me probably six or seven months before I got sea legs, man. Wow. And even then, when your waves are 40 feet high, yeah. and the boat literally, a 210-foot ship literally goes up a wave, and then suddenly the wave is not there. Yeah. Guess what happens to the boat? What is it? Just drops or it what? It drops right back down. It slams down, man. Ooh. <laughs> and try yeah, to sleep. I, try to sleep during that. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, I, I chose to go into the Coast Guard. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd have to pass. I could have been soft and went into the Air Force. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. We have to deal with such things. I'd have to pass on that. That just sounds scary. Yes, you learn how to walk on the side of the walls. You imagine walking up a stairs when the ship is going down. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's a thrill, brother. I, I applaud people in the Navy and the Coast Guard. I got to be out there in these storms. I applaud you. I give you props. <laughs> got plenty of stories, brother. I give you props, man. That ain't me. 
Yeah. And it's not me. All right. So, um, last couple items we want to want to discuss before we wrap up this particular episode. Got a couple of folks uh, from the world of entertainment that passed away here. Uh, one right before we came on the air today. Uh, let's let's talk about that one first, and that would be Ed Asner passed away. I think he was ninety one. Okay. Most folks will remember Ed Asner. He was the uh, the, the the newspaper uh, editor or editor in chief, whatever, on the Mary Tyler Moore show, Lou Grant. And I think yep. he got a spinoff show after that. I think it was just called Lou. I think it was. Yep. Uh, but he passed today. Uh, great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked his role as Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore show. He was he was funny, man. He he did not particularly. He was one of those guys. It was before. Uh, women were readily accepted into the workforce, and his character sort of, uh, you know, played into that realm that the newsroom was not necessarily a place for a yep. woman, yep. you know. Uh, but uh, the relationship between uh, Mary Tyler Moore's character and his, I thought they played off of each other quite well. I actually loved the Mary Tyler. It was Moore's. a good show. It was a great show. Great show. And, Great show. So uh, Ed Asner, your thoughts on on Ed Asner? Yeah, he's he's uh, he was he played that role on Mary Tyler Moore. I <laughs> I think that he made a bigger impact when he played um, Captain Thomas Davies. You remember him playing that? Captain In Thomas Davies. Davies. He was uh, the captain of the Lord Linear. Okay, you got to refresh my memory. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. In the winter of 1977, okay, there was the very first major miniseries that developed, and it was called Roots. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, duh. (laughs) That's right. You had to think about that. But I had yeah, to think he was about that. Captain That's Davies, yes. and he was the captain of the slave ship that brought Kunta Kinte That's to right. the Americas. And Ed Asner played that. He was torn between what his Christian values were and then knowing that he was bringing these people into slavery. Right. So right. he That's tried right. to treat them humanely the best way that he could in order to do his job and get his get his money. He's the captain of the Lord Legionnaire. That is right. Yep, yep, yep. So and he did other he did other roles, but he's most known for uh playing the editor of the, the newspaper in on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mr. Grant. Mr. Grant. Mr. That was a great show. Had great characters in it. It was. You know. I, I, Ted, uh, Ted, what's his name? Ted uh, Knight. Ted Knight. Uh, my man Rhoda. who played Captain Steubing, he was in there. Yep. Rhoda. Rhoda. I mean, great characters on that show. Of course, course, Leachman played on there. Yeah. And it was a great show. And that's one that maybe we could, I could find it somewhere on a Netflix or something like that, or probably be on CBS syndicated or something. I like think that. the Mary, I think, I think you can find the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think it's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Okay. I think you can find it on Hulu. Gotcha. I don't I have think, Hulu, but 
I think I've seen it there. I think I've seen it uh, on Hulu, the full series. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I've I've seen it on there. So I'm gonna have to go go check again. But I really like that show, man. Yep. Really loved it. Um, so our next uh, person we want to talk about, and this one here, wow, legendary man, um, Charlie Watts. Uh, 80 years old, Charlie Watts was the drummer, provided the backbeat for the Rolling Stones. He passed uh, this week. And uh, we always, I think several of our podcasts, we get into a music discussion every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I personally, man, I love the Stones. Um, I've got pretty much probably got about 60 or 70 songs playlist of Rolling Stone stuff and that and the backbeat for all those songs, man, are provided by Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts, yes. Charlie sir. Watts. Uh probably one of the premier drummers in uh in rock and roll. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know the side note to that, Wayne, is they really didn't want Charlie Watts because nope. he was he was a he was kind of a jazz drummer and yep, they were yep. they were I think they were, you know, wanted to do a little bit more heavy rock stuff, you know. Yep. So yep. Yeah, he he was able to adapt to what they were um, wanting to produce, and so he did so, and toured until the, their last tour, which was maybe two years ago, yep. a year before COVID. Yep, yep. They had a tour. Uh, they were scheduled to do a show here. I thought they had a show lined up here, um, like. Now, somebody had a show, but I'm not sure what's going to happen with that show, yeah. um, you know, now that he's passed. So they'll, like, they'll find another drummer. Yeah, they they will. Uh, yeah. They will. But you think about these guys, man, all these guys, they're old, man. Yeah, they're in their you 70s. He's 80. Richard, I mean, Mick Jagger, of course. I mean, these guys, I mean, but they're still rocking, man. So what does that tell you? <laughs> Tells you that your vocal cords are have longevity yeah i mean <laughs> for the most part i mean mick jagger's voice still sounds good man it's still strong you know that that you know you take that's your instrument man you take care of it um i uh you know the good one of the stories about the stones man that i really like uh if you ever watch the documentary muscle shows and i think we talked about muscle mm -hmm. shows the stones really like the sound that was, they said, we like this sound that was coming out of the American South. And we wanted like, man, we want that sound. And so they they found out where these recordings were being made. So the Stones flew from London to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And they recorded, I know one of the songs they recorded Muscle Shoals was Jumpin' Jack Flash. Right. They recorded Jumpin' Jack Flash at Muscle Shoals, but they wanted that sound, man. And uh, like I said, I, I love the Stones, man. I, I I got about 60 songs, I think, in the playlist of Rolling Stones stuff. Some of the obscure tracks that I've listened to over the years and then, you know, the ones that you you know you sing by heart when you sing along in the car or whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Charlie Watts will be missed. And like you say, yeah, they, they'll find another drummer. But um, this guy was legendary. And yeah. uh, he didn't necessarily dress like a lot of a lot of the other guys. He was he, he wore the suits and the ties and whatnot. So definitely stuck out a little bit. But uh, legendary rock drummer, man. So yep. uh, he, he will definitely be missed within uh, the uh, the annals of rock and roll history. So. 
So um, that's the last topic we got for tonight, my friend. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless good, you have was some- a good evening. Good evening, man. Yeah, we uh, we covered quite a few topics tonight. Did we and were- yeah, we're we we didn't get too far off track, but you know that's that's the way we roll. You know, we're gonna say it the way we see it. Absolutely, absolutely. We we try to cover the gamut of uh, of what's happening, and tonight we uh, we were on in a lot of different areas, and uh, so I think it it makes the conversation more lively when you uh, have a lot of areas to pick from. So we'll see what this week brings. Uh, like you say, it's the last week of August, and uh, September is knocking at the door, and uh, I know a lot of folks Medicare are for me. <laughs> yeah, so. I know a lot of folks are happy because uh, football is starting back up. Both college and NFL will be getting back underway. So a lot of folks are happy about that. And uh, now I can, it's that time of the year, I pull out my Seahawks jersey again. and (laughs) You know who they play their first game, right? They what now? You know who the Seahawks play their first game, right? Who do they play? The Colts. Oh, Indianapolis. Okay, (laughs) what what day is that? What day is that? Uh, My birthday. Oh, okay. All right. I think, cool. I think the twelfth. September twelfth. Okay. Is it so. in in in, in Indiana? In, in, in Indy. Okay. Yeah. It's in. Maybe in. I'll get a chance to see that. We don't get to see the Seahawks a lot unless it's a Thursday night or Monday night game. Uh, so hopefully, maybe we'll get to see that game. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, they'll be out. You guys will be out of town, so you'll see it. Yeah, that's that's uh, that that's my team. I, I was never a football fan until I moved up to Seattle. And, uh, you know, the fans up there are very dedicated to the Seahawks. And that, it just engulfs you, man. And after a while, Cynthia and I found ourselves like, what time's the game? Come on. Sunday afternoon, we got to get snacks. We gotta, I mean, <laughs> you know, we had never got into football. And uh, we it stayed with us, man. And, and like I said, we like Russell Wilson. He's a class guy. And we still follow the team, so yep, yep, that's who yep. we'll be rooting for this year. So yeah, be- I don't, I don't follow the coach so much okay. anymore. I used to when Peyton was here, but yeah, yeah. you know, I have, I had a bone to pick with the Colts when they let Jim Caldwell go yep. as the head coach, and then they, they, they did Peyton. I felt they dealt, they did Peyton wrong, and uh, you know, that that yeah. kind of, that kind of, all those guys were all gone. Uh, you know, Marvin Harrison and, you know, um, Ezrin James, Edward James. Yep. you know, all those guys that, that made, you know, the Colts, the Colts, yeah, they're all gone. And yeah. yeah, they did Peyton wrong. They did. They, they definitely did, um, uh, Caldwell wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just, they just didn't want that man to be the coach. And you know why. I don't yeah. have to say it. You know why. Yeah, yeah we know. Just call it as it is. I mean, <laughs> you know. yeah, call it as it is. But yeah. I, 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 and there are a lot of guys that like, eh, I like Russell Wilson. I like, I but I've always I liked Peyton Manning. I yep. have always liked Peyton Manning. Yep. Yep. Of, of the two brothers, I like him him the best, man. He's funny as hell. And, uh, and he got inducted here. His Hall of Fame speech was awesome, I thought. But he's a class guy, man. He's a class guy. He, he, did you know got got blitzed during the when Denver went to the Super Bowl with the Seahawks? <laughs> that was hilarious as hell because I think he didn't realize what had hit him uh, when Denver. I think Denver blew him out that Super Bowl that the uh, Seahawks won that their first Super Bowl. But yeah. he's always been a class act, man, and uh, I really liked him at, at Indiana. They had a squad then. They had a serious squad. 
Yep. yep. So yeah, uh, they did not treat him fairly, but you know, hey, it's neither here or there. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And they can't take that away from him. He's enshrined, and he'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. So. Yep. 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 And he got another Super Bowl win with a different team. So that's, that's right. only happened a couple of times. That's right. Only a couple of times. So yep. it's all good. Uh, and I think that other Super Bowls with the Broncos. I think he got yep. he got with the Broncos. Yep. Sure so he did. Came out to the mile high and won one for the Broncos. And yeah, two Super Bowls, two different teams. So, yep. but a class guy all the way around. So, all right. His, his insurance commercials are funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday Night Live was just, just hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he is. He just has that. He could be a really good stand-up comedian. I think he <laughs> yeah. tried. He just, he just has that dry humor type thing going on. So, yeah. But yeah, so football is in the air, man, as we go into September. So um, this will wrap up this particular episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. As my co-host said, we say it like we see it. We're going to continue to do that. We'll be here. So check us out. And uh, if you have uh, any comments about the show, drop us a line and uh, we'll do our best to get you an answer. So until the next time, uh, I am going to say uh, sayonara. I remember sayonara. my Japanese. I'm going to say sayonara until we hey. meet again. Hey, hey, my last few words are this. Folks, we got to get out and vote. Absolutely. Can't take any, cannot take any elections off. Pull your grandma, your auntie, your cousin, your cutty, your friend. <laughs> drag them to get registered three times if they have to before they get it right and get out there and vote. Because we can't have... Yeah, our friend Moscow Mitch to running things again. We don't want that. So we gotta we gotta get out there and vote, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Write your congressman. Yeah. Write your senator about passing the John Lewis bill. You know, uh, get that done because all the shenanigans that these uh, states are doing with voting rights. So don't rest on your laurels. Get on your butt. Get out there and vote. Yeah. So you, you mentioned before we sign off, you mentioned the John Lewis voting, uh, the voting rights, uh, voting right bill. The House has passed it. So now we're hoping the Senate will get a conscience and they and they will vote to pass the, the John Lewis uh, voting rights bill. And that'll cut out a lot of this foolishness that these uh, Republican governors are trying to enact. So we hope the Senate gets a conscience and does the right thing. They're all loving John Lewis, made these glorious comments uh, they don't give a shit about John Lewis. Yeah, they don't give a rat's ass about John Lewis. So now the the bill is is going to the Senate for them to vote on it. But the House has passed uh, the John Lewis voting bill. So kudos to the House. So, yep. Yep. All right. All right, my friend. Uh, right, my as the old Negro League umpire would say, that's three strikes, and, and we're, we're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.